Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. episode of the Doubt Me Now podcast where we talk about all things transformational, the comeback stories, the getting out of that dark hole. This episode I'm about to bring to you is ripped from a YouTube video of mine that I'd done with a previous group that I had called the Mental Health Coffee Club where I interviewed William Porter who wrote Alcohol Explained, Alcohol Explained 2 and he has several other books. It's really a good conversation that we had and I thought let's just repurpose that audio, stick it in here. So if I'm mentioning the Mental Health Coffee Club, that's why. And it was done live, off the cuff, uh, unedited. Uh, so apologies for any uh, inconsistencies or that sort of thing. But I hope that you enjoy it. Please let me know and check out William Porter's book, Alcohol Explained. Good morning, Coffee Club. Hope you're all well today. Uh, I have got my first very special guest on today and I'm really really excited so the guy's a bit of a legend and I thought I'd come on just four minutes early try and get a few people on but either way the important thing is that um that we record this session it's just gonna be a bit like normal it's gonna be my sort of 10 to 15 minute session uh but I thought I'd come on a few minutes early try and get a few people on but like I said the important thing is is even if it's just recorded and people get to see the message uh, that's what counts. So you might have remembered a few, uh, maybe not weeks ago, maybe it was only a week ago, that I um, said I want to try and find 52 people, um, which which relates to one person a week, that will come on, sort of take over the page, uh, or either join me on the live. Morning, Sharon. I'm really good, thank you. I'm actually, I'm a wee bit uh, <laughs> excited because I've got, I've got a special guest. He's called William Porter. He's written uh, a few books, but there is... Well, to me, his main book is Alcohol Explained. So I joined One Year No Beer uh, during lockdown and they had they kept talking about this thing called Quitlet. I said, what's Quitlet? And it's Quit Literature. <laughs> See, I'm Scottish. I can't remember pronounce these words. Quit Literature. And um, there was a couple of books I picked up. So obviously there was a 28-day challenge by um, uh, Rudy Fairbanks and Andy Ramage. There was um, uh, Annie Grace, The Naked Mind. And the one that kind of struck home with me a lot was um, Alcohol Explained by William Porter. Um, uh, so he's well, got him, So he's, he's going to come on just shortly. Um, I just need to find out, because this is a great bit about uh, lives, is you never know how it's going to go. But um, I'm hoping if Will has seen it in the comments uh, that I'll be able to add him in. But he, he's written a book called Alcohol Explained. I'm just going to message him on this one. Um, called Alcohol Explained. I, I actually had it on Audible, so I got to listen to his uh, lovely voice at the same time. Uh, and it just made sense. Uh, following on from that, um, I'll just hopefully this works. If not, we'll, we'll go away and come back and find out. But this is it's a joy of life. Excellent. Well, has requested it. So I'll just I'll finish your introduction. I'm going to bring him on. Um, so after that, he did an a online course through One Year No Beer that I joined at. Um, I'll admit, I was on holiday at the time. I was watching it with red wine because it was all inclusive, but I was sitting there and it's like staring at my glass of red wine and thinking, what am I doing? 
you know, because I'm on holiday. I'm lethargic and tired. And I'm not spending time with my kids. And I thought, and I've still not done this yet. I want to go on an alcohol-free holiday. But his book did hit home with me a lot. Um, you know, and I've, and then if you go onto his website, which I've pulled up, here we go. So it's alcoholexplained.com. You can get, uh, is it the first one to five, first five chapters of the book for free. And he's also got some online courses there. I believe, yeah, free taste. So he's got 73 modules, but the first seven are free. Um, but yeah, but I'll let him do the talk. So um, he's going to talk just a bit about, he's got so much knowledge on alcohol. He also does books and other things too, but um, I wanted to bring him on just to talk about sort of alcohol and how it affects our mental health. So let's hope this works. Connect me. Here we go. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? It works. I'm good, thanks. How's things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, really good, thank you. So, just wanted to start by just saying I'm really grateful because um, a lot of people sort of uh, either don't even read your messages or get back to you, but you, you were quick on the ball. Uh, you came on without any sort of too much prompting and, uh, and it's really great. So, thank yeah, you. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for asking me. Um, so, talking about alcohol mental health then, that's the topic, is it? Yeah, that, that's kind of it. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I think this is the thing for a lot of people is um, you feel like crap, you've had a stressful day, what will I do? I'll go and have a drink. And then you wake up mm. the next morning, you feel worse. Um, yeah. And for myself, myself, some people can get by with that. But for me, um, it, I've done that for many years. And then one day, it just kept going. So I'd wake up in the morning, have a bit of a drink to yeah, yeah. get over the anxiety. And then that's you. Once you've had that first drink, um, and then I kind of Same went, time, isn't it? Yeah. oh, absolutely. And um, I think a lot of people will not quite under, like, not even realise that they're doing it at first, mm. uh, which is which is almost a dangerous thing. It's quite like I started off with a few beers after work, mm. and then the beers weren't really hitting it, so I started buying those wee pre-mix cans or like gin and tonic. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then I, I never really drank. Well, that was a spirit, I suppose. But then I started drinking big big bottles of it. Um, yeah, and then it just becomes a, a circle. Escalates, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll talk through. So, mental health is obviously one of the big ones. Now, it all starts at the basic chemical and physiological effects of alcohol. So, alcohol is a sedative. It's a depressant. And when I use the word depressant, I'm using it in its chemical sense as something that depresses or inhibits nerve activity. Yeah. So everyone's on board with that. You know, it's a drug, it depresses. That's why you feel relaxed, calmer when you've had a drink. But where it starts to get a bit more complicated and interesting is how your brain reacts to it. Because your brain creates and excretes a whole range of different drugs, chemicals and hormones. You know, things you would have heard about like dopamine and adrenaline and cortisol, all this sort of stuff. Um, it's all very complicated, but basically your brain tries to maintain something called homeostasis, which is a balance of all these different chemicals, drugs and hormones. When you take something like alcohol, which is a sedative, your brain reacts to it in lots and lots of different ways, but essentially it becomes hypersensitive. So it can counter the sedating effects of the alcohol. And the easiest way to think of it is like a weighing scales. On the one side, you've got sedatives and depressants, and on the other side, you've got stimulants, things that wake us up. If you lump something on the depressant side, it tips the scale. You don't feel right. Your brain recognises that, so it lumps a load more on the stimulant side to balance the scales. The trouble is the alcohol then wears off, and the balance tips again. You're overstimulated. Yeah, yeah. 
So it's almost like drinking too much coffee. You know, when you have too much coffee and you feel like nervous <laughs> and out of sorts, yeah, yeah, as you're guzzling away there, your black coffee. But so this is why drinkers wake up at three, four in the morning and can't get back to sleep. They might be absolutely yeah. exhausted, but that chemical imbalance has caused them to wake up. Now, that on its own is a massive problem because there's two ways you can, so, so when you have that chemical imbalance, that overstimulation that kicks in after the last drink wears off, you feel like unpleasant, anxious, out of sorts. The problem, there's a few problems. One, your brain becomes better and better at countering the effects of the alcohol. So, and that's what you just talked about, Chris, is why you then need stronger drinks to get the same effect because your brain's yeah. reacting really quickly to it. To get, so to get that kick, you need to up the alcohol intake. So the upshot is as time goes by, you can drink more. That's what tolerance is. You're able to drink more, you want to drink more. And of course the withdrawal gets worse at the other end because the more you drink, the more hypersensitive your brain has to become and the worse you feel afterwards. Yeah, now, it's not nice. <laughs> no, no, it's horrible. There's two ways you can get rid of that unpleasant feeling. One is to wait a few days and then you get back to normal. You, your brain chemistry gets back to normal balance. You start to feel more confident, happy, resilient. But there's a much, much quicker way, and that's to take another drink. Because, yeah. you know, the scales, again, they're overbalanced because there's too much on the stimulant side. The quickest way to rectify it is to take another alcoholic drink. And that is the great feeling. People, you know, people who drink daily, that's the great feeling they get from having a drink. It's no more than correcting that chemical imbalance to put them back where they were at the, to start with. So that, that's point one about alcohol and mental health that interruption to your chemical balance is very damaging for your mental health because when your brain chemistry is off whack, that's where you start to feel out of sorts, anxious, in worst cases, like properly depressed, which is why there's this massive correlation between heavy drinking and suicide. Um, yeah. Horrible. Um, the other massive thing that alcohol does to your mental health is it impacts your sleep. Now, there's a lot we humans do not understand about sleep, but what is abundantly clear from the little, we do understand that good quality sleep is essential to keep your mental health in tip-top condition. Now, a lot of people assume that sleep is all about dropping down onto a bed and going unconscious for a few hours and just jumping up and you're good to go, but it's, it's just not as simple as that. Um, when we sleep, we go through different sleep cycles. Um, Again, we humans don't understand everything about sleep. It's a bit of an unknown for us. But what we do know is you sleep in these different sleep cycles. And one of the main differentiating factors between the different sleep cycles is how deeply unconscious you are. Okay, so you've got a sleep cycle called deep sleep, whereas you would expect you're very deeply unconscious. But on the other end of the scale, there's something called REM sleep, which stands for rapid eye movement. It's called rapid eye movement because although your eyes are shut, your eyes are sort of moving around underneath. They, they've attached sensors to people and monitored them in REM sleep. It's really interesting because their brains light up almost as if they're fully awake. Okay, it's when we dream. That, so there's a huge amount we don't know about REM sleep, but we know it's absolutely crucial, particularly for mental health. They've done tests on rats where they've starved them of REM sleep and they've actually been dead within a few weeks. It's killed them. That's crazy. <laughs> they've done trials with humans where they've, what they do is they put you to sleep or they, they attach monitors to you and they monitor you. And when you go into REM sleep, they wake you up. 
and then you go back to sleep again. So you can, they stop you getting REM sleep to see what would happen. People become very disorientated, very depressed. Most of the time, the, the um, trials don't, they have to be ended prematurely because people, well, they're volunteers, they just can't go through with it. They just <laughs> hate it. They leave to get a good night's sleep. Um, so that's a very quick whistle stop tool of sleep and how it impacts our mental health. Now, if we go back to drinking, the problem is when you drink alcohol, for the first part of the night, you're too heavily sedated to go into REM sleep. Because don't forget, REM is where your brain's getting you up to almost conscious. If you've had a massive dose of the sedative, your brain can't get you there. Um, normal sleepers will get six or seven cycles of REM sleep. Drinkers average two. So there's this massive decrease in REM sleep. That's for the first part of the night. After five hours, that's when the alcohol withdrawal kicks in and that's when people wake up, can't get to sleep at all or just sleep very fitfully after that. So that has a massive impact on mental health as well. And that, again, feeds into this whole sort of addiction with alcohol because not only are you feeling anxious the next day, you're feeling depressed, miserable and really tired. Yeah. And alcohol being a sedative will take the edge off that. And that's the cycle a lot of people get into. I and mean, what you were just talking about, you know, being tired, dragging yourself through the day and then literally waiting until whatever time it is that you allow yourself those drinks so that you can finally kind of anaesthetize and correct that chemical imbalance. But that really is the secret because you're not gaining anything. You know, the, the wonderful feeling you get from those daily drinks are no more than going back to how you would feel had you never had the yeah. drinks in the first yeah. place. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's really interesting what you're saying. I'm glad you brought sleep into it as well, because that's been a huge factor for me. And then even once I stopped drinking, it took quite a while for the sleep to, to settle it does. out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's really hard. You've got to be quite strong to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to use the drink because it's just so short term. That, yeah. Um, you know, and then I can, the way you've explained it made me understand why I started doing what I was doing. I didn't realise, I knew we woke up in the middle of the night. I didn't realise it was because of the start of the withdrawal. Um, and don't get it wrong, uh, being younger, I'd maybe get through with that. Mm. But then when I was in sort of last year, when I really hit a, quite a low with my mental health, it was just kind of like, through, through it, all caution at the window. If I woke up in the middle of the night, go and grab a drink. When I woke up in the yeah. morning, just take it away. And it was it was taking away that, like you, you mentioned, um, waiting to the time that you allow yourself to have the drink, which was fine. But when you when you when you get to that point where you where you don't care about the time and it's mm. first thing in the morning and then you like you say again you've got to keep going because you'll just withdraw. Um, yeah, so that, that's the natural tendency is to just keep doing it. It's not to wait till the next one. It's just to keep taking it. And that's the, that's the natural tendency and that's where people end up in you know the worst case scenario. It's just that wake up, drink till you fall unconscious, and then do it all over again. Yeah, and, and it's again from that, never getting never ever getting the sleep that you need. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. It, it's a funny one with sleep because there's a slightly different dynamic. So like, obviously you and I don't drink. So when we get to the end of the day and we, you know, it's sort of bedtime and you sit down, put TV on or open your book or whatever it is you do at the end of the day to relax, that sends a message to your brain that it's getting towards bedtime. Yep. So your brain starts closing things down and then you drift off into like a natural and restorative sleep. But when you're um, drinking every day, 
your brain doesn't go through that. It just because again, alcohol is sedative. So your brain doesn't go through that closing down process. It just relies on the alcohol to do it. So that this is one of the funny things with alcohol, although it destroys sleep, a lot of people believe they have to have it to get to sleep. Because when yeah. you're drinking regularly, if you suddenly stop, your brain isn't used to going through that closing down process. So you just stay awake for ages. So if you're drinking regularly and you stop drinking for a day or two, you won't sleep. It's really hard to get to sleep. So people form that very deeply held belief, oh, alcohol helps me sleep. Yeah. But actually, if you stop and give it a few days, you, of course, your brain just kicks in again and starts doing it. But it's completely right what you say. It takes a long time to bounce back because sleep is a habit. So I, I quite often say to people, you know, if you if you set an alarm for three in the morning for five nights and then turn the alarm off on night six, you'll still wake up at three because yeah. you're in the habit of doing that. So when you're drinking regularly, you're constantly destroying your sleep cycle and it takes it can take days or even weeks to get back into that normal sleep cycle. But then, of course, you need more days or even weeks to catch up on the months, years of lost sleep. So it can be a, like a long process, but it's so worthwhile when you get there. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? The things that take the longer are the, the most worth most worthwhile. Because um, I actually, yeah, exactly. one of them yeah. I sleep with my um, Garmin watch, and um, and I did wear it for quite a while while I was drinking heavy, and it was horrible. Like so, Garmin it's got a body battery. I don't know if you use one or not, and it goes down to five. That, I've got a Fitbit. It's a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it shows your sleep cycles and your heart rate and everything. Yeah. Oh, it does. It shows me. I was basically for days. I just wasn't even recovering at all. Um, mm. And then you can actually see it as I started to stop drink, so I stopped drinking and started exercising. You can see it physically improving. It's in, it's incredible. It's like yeah, saying, yeah. You just got to go through it, which is the bit where you've got to be uh, really, really strong about it. Because I know that, yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I think when when you're younger and you start drinking, you go through, you, know, you start off maybe with beers and then you go into spirits. And and it wasn't until I was a bit older I started red wine. And I remember the first couple of times I was like, I sleep brilliant. But I wasn't sleeping very. I was just passing out. No. So, uh, yeah. I was tired, but I just um, I quite liked the sort of the feeling it gave me. Um, but now that I'm getting to the point where I'm not using alcohol to sleep, um, and it was the same when I was a teenager. I used cannabis, and I thought that I wouldn't mm. be able to sleep without that. But you know, I've not used that in, in ten years or so, and you know, I can. Um, what's interesting now is I've got <laughs> I wear two watches as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> I've got this new one called a, a whoop, and it gives you a time okay. to go to sleep rather than a time to wake up. And so I started oh, okay. yeah, yeah. earlier bedtime. Um, so it will calculate your strain throughout the day, and then it will tell you when to go to bed. And that's made a huge difference. Um, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Because like you say, you're still waking up at the same time no matter when you go to sleep. But, yeah, but yeah. Getting yeah. yourself up a wee bit earlier. It, it does make a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Just have a quick look. There might have been a couple of comments there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Was, oops, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is a joy of wives, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sharon just wrote, drink and drugs. So I, I presume does drugs have a sort of similar effect to the alcohol? Yeah, yeah. So, so. Obviously, I speak very specifically about alcohol. Some some drugs do, some drugs don't. I mean, I can't. Obviously, there's a lot of drugs out there. I can't necessarily comment on all, all different types of drugs. But I mean, the one thing they all have in common is they, <laughs> met, they they mess with your brain chemistry. That's how they work. 
Yeah, I suppose that's the bottom line, isn't it? Anything, any one of these things is is messing yeah. with. Um, uh, Ian's written he had a lot of issues with sleep caused by childhood trauma, but then used alcohol and weed. And I think that's a, a lot of people, isn't it? Is um, I, I feel like when I asked for help, they wanted to focus on the alcohol and not the issues that came before. I think a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure some people it starts with alcohol, but I think for a lot of people, alcohol comes second to either trauma or depression or something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100% convinced it's true for everyone. I mean, I I know a lot of people who have no issue other than they drink. So, you know, I work, for example, in the in insurance, and I was speaking to someone the other day who. And I mean, he's he's in his sixties now. But when he started, like forty years ago, yeah, he he wasn't teetotal, but he didn't particularly have any interest in alcohol. But his job was: here's a company credit card. You need to go and talk to clients, and it's done in the pub. And and he yeah. he said to me he was drinking a hundred units a week, wow. all on the company credit card. Not even really interested in alcohol, but it's what you did. You know, you went out, and you, all the deals were done in the pubs. To someone yeah. like that, you know, give them 20 years of that, they've got a serious alcohol dependency. No, no trauma, no nothing. It's just the lifestyle. And unfortunately, in this country, we're very alcohol reliant. You know, when you socialise, you drink alcohol. A lot of it's it's less true these days with business deals, but it used to be very much all tied up with alcohol. Yeah. So I do, you know, th there is that thing between, you know, trauma or mental health issues and alcohol, but I don't think it's true of everyone. Yeah. You, you know, you just need to drink a lot over an extended period and you will get an alcohol problem. I think that's a fair point. And, and in fact, very good one, actually, because it, it might be the people that don't have any issues. They don't think there's a problem. They, they won't notice mm. keeping up on them. Like you say, like, look, I'm just going to do a business deal. And it's like, wait a minute, that business deal went really well. Let's do one every night of the week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, again, yeah. it goes to sort of the, the alcoholic being... Um, stereotype there's a homeless man walking around with a brown paper bag when actually mm. um, you know there's so many people that they, they wouldn't put themselves in that bracket I don't even like using the term alcoholic that much but it's just that, that no it's, um, it's fallen out of that, that term's fallen out of favor a lot these days because it it has connotations of the problem being with the individual yeah. So, you know, every most people are fine, but you have the alcoholic who's got the problem and they're different genetically, spiritually, personality or something. Whereas now what we understand is it's an addictive drug. You know, for example, yeah. if you give anyone a packet of cigarettes a day for a year, they'll be addicted to nicotine. Yeah. You know, you yeah. keep people drinking alcohol long enough, they get addicted to it. It's as yeah. simple as that. It was caffeine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, Brian, that's, I kicked. that's about 20 minutes or so I'm, I really appreciate that was okay, absolutely brilliant. Um, I quite like, no, no, uh, my uh, quite like sort of wing these things and I think it always goes best that way when you just kind of you know rather than having a set thing just come on and talk um, conversation yeah it's a lot nicer yeah. isn't it yeah yeah definitely exactly. excellent um, no, that's well, thank um, you very much for asking me no, what a great way to start the Friday um, have a great weekend yeah. uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lovely. Thanks, Chris. Take care. Bye. Excellent. I'll just wrap that up. That was absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm so happy that, that, um, that uh, William agreed to, to do that because I know a lot of people like, like William's a lot of things. So to come on a page is relatively unknown 
and do that for me was was brilliant. Ian says that was interesting. Thank you. I know you're, you're really, I really appreciate the feedback. Thank you. He is a, a brilliant guy. Like I say, if you go to alcoholexplained.com, you know, e even if you're just interested, it doesn't mean like, oh, I've got an alcohol problem. You can still have a look and just like the, the book is brilliant. Like I said, I've got it on Audible. I'll maybe, I'll maybe buy one off Amazon and, and give one away today just to sort of celebrate that. Um, but he has got the first seven chapters of the book are on the website for free. Um, there's a free taster course of 73 modules, so you get the first seven, or you can click up for the full one. He hasn't asked me to sell anything, by the way. I'm just promoting this because it is good information. Um, is yeah, no, well, this is it. Some people do, and then just um, it's fine. And I think that's why I don't like using the term alcoholic anymore because. People don't want to say I'm an alcoholic. You know, some people they, they do admit it. If they go to the twelve steps, they'll say that. Um, you know, I wouldn't put myself in that bracket. I definitely used it heavily to um, cope for a long time. Uh, you know, and some people might say that's denial. That's fine, but I think it's just a wait a minute. Am I using alcohol to get over stress? Um, because that's all I done. It was just like. I was trying to catch up on paperwork at the time and I had a few beers just to take the edge off and um, and then it became normal. Um, so yeah, alcohol explained, uh, that was, I hope everyone enjoyed that. So, you know, that'll be available to, to view in the page, uh, which is an important thing, uh, really interesting. You know, like I said, even if you're just curious, uh, there's a term sober curious that a lot of people use now. Um, you want to take a, you know, and the thing is, giving up alcohol, like, right now, I don't know if I'll drink again. I don't, I'm quite happy without it. Um, and for for anyone else, like, you don't, if you want to give it up, it doesn't mean it has to be forever. I think that's what puts a lot of people off giving a break. I know some people do sober uh, October or dry January for a month, but why don't you try two months or three months? It doesn't mean that you're never ever going to get a drink again. Just see how it makes you feel. Um, but yeah, excellent. So thanks again to, to, to Will for that. And um, I hope you have a great, great Friday. We'll speak to you later. Hope you enjoyed another episode of the Doubt Me Now podcast. If you did, please, please do like that review button, the five star button. Please share it with your friends. Let's get this out there and we'll see you in the next episode.